morning. Worship with us this morning. before your presence on today we decree and we declare that I will worship father God that as we lift you up you will draw all men unto you as you have promised and we decree we declare that even in the homes and in the lives of your people this morning father God that your glory will cover their homes that your glory your blood Jesus will cover their lives we thank you father for speaking to us by the power of the Holy Spirit on today. We thank you, Father God, for a word that will change us. We thank you for a word that will empower us. We thank you for a worship that, will, that we will ascend into the most high place on today. And it's in Jesus' name. We decree and we declare it is so. Amen. Hallelujah. We will ascend the hill of the Lord. We will ascend the hill of the Lord. Praise right where you are. 
ago when all this kind of started happening I just woke up one one night in the middle of the night and it was just so clear out of nowhere this song was just in my head just in my heart in my spirit just give us clean hands give us pure hearts let us be that generation that seeks your face you want to know how to heal the land it is always in humbling ourselves and turning from our sin, turning from our wicked ways, turning from our pride, turning away from all the control we think we have. 
and just humbling ourselves before God and laying all of that aside, seeking His face. I know God wants to create this to be a generation that seeks His face like none other. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're, you are turning a generation to you. You are turning the generations to you. Jesus. Come on, sing this with me if you know it. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Come on, sing that again. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our souls to another. Oh God, let us be a generation that sees, seeks your
I said, hey, devil, I got no need to fight because my warrior, he is roped and wide, he's roped and wide. Isn't it great that we serve a God that's already won the victory? Oh, come on, holy. Man, we serve a great and powerful God. And I love that at times like these, when the enemy tries to strike, the enemy tries to take us down, man, we know that there's no weapon formed against us will prosper because we serve an almighty God. He's already determined victory in this house, victory in your house, victory in this land. Come on, we serve a mighty and powerful God. Come on, holy. Come on, let's just give them some praise where you're at. We just thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We lift you up this morning. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, God. Come on, holy. Come on, holy. We just thank you, Lord. You are so powerful, God. We thank you, holy. Come on, Father. Have your will in this place. Have your will in our lives. Have your will in this country, Lord. In this world, God, have your way. Father, we surrender it all to you, and we lift you up this morning. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, one more time. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Holy. Yeah. Yes, so powerful. We we thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, We're going to take a short break, so go ahead and go get some coffee. Go give your neighbor a high five. Do something, uh, but get ready. In a couple minutes, we'll be back here to share a message with you. Thank you for tuning in.
Yeah, good morning, Destiny. We are so excited you're with us this morning. We're so fired up about what God's doing um, just in our homes and in this church. So if you're new or you're just logging in, look, I'm DJ. This is my wife, Jules. And we are just, man, we, we've been honored to be pastors here at Destiny Church now for a while. We just absolutely love you guys. And, and I just wanted to prove to you that, look, look, y'all. Okay, social distancing doesn't count with your spouse, okay? So, uh, look, we don't get to see you, but now you get to see us. We love you guys. We miss you guys. And we're so thankful for social media. We're so thankful uh, for, for how we can stream live. So do me a favor. Go online, and, and when you're on there right now, share. Hit the share button. Share this link to everybody because there's people out there uh, that need uh, to hear this message today. There's people out there that don't have a church home or their churches can't live stream. So please share right now. Hit that share button button. We just, we just love you guys. And I just wanted to get that out there. We give you virtual hugs from our family to yours. We love you guys. And I know my wife's ready to, to get off the stage, but baby, I love you so much. See, I look y'all, that's all she had to do is blow me a kiss. And it's on from there. I'll tell you, it's on like Donkey Kong is what they say. Uh, <laughs> But guys, I'm so glad. If you're our guest, you're tuning in for the first time. Thank you for spending a little bit of time on your Sunday to worship with us as we seek God together, as we come and seek him together as a church. So do me a favor as we're, as we're going through these times, reach out to people that, that you used to see at church. So that's how we're going to keep uh, this, this family atmosphere together is that you need to reach out to people and, and, and text them, call them, let them know you love them. So if you high-fived them on a Sunday, go ahead and give them a virtual high-five on your cell phone. Find a way to connect to those people that you're used to seeing every Sunday. So I know you picture them in your face. Find them on Facebook. Reach out and connect with them. So a couple other things going on here in case you didn't know that all our small groups and ministries are shut down, but we're still reaching out via social media. We're reaching out. The leaders should be reaching out to you, checking in with you. If not, do me a favor, reach out to them. So, so email them, contact them, get a hold of the church. We'll make sure we get you their information, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be in communion, talking with somebody, uh, speaking with somebody and actually spending life and doing life together, even if it's not in person. And I know I sent out a video this last week on Friday. We're so excited because there's other things happening at Destiny Church, even though you're not here. And even though it seems like we're shut down, but we have progress. So we had started clearing out now so that the parking lot is being bulldozed and smoothed out and getting ready so that we, we can hopefully have a parking lot soon. So we're fired up about that. There's all kinds of work. So on Friday, we sent out a message on Facebook. It was so good that we got to push one out. And I tell you what I loved about it, all the toys, like like growing up as a kid, I had the Tonka trucks. They were all out there this weekend. And I'm telling you, I just wanted to play with the toys. I wanted to push some dirt. That's some, that's some fun stuff. So I'm telling you, I'm just love to see what God's doing in this house and how he's doing it. So uh, here's the thing. Throughout the week, even though you're not here, we're going to have our leaders sending messages out via Facebook. So stay in tune with that stuff. Keep checking it. Uh, check our, our uh, Facebook site, Destiny Church Alabama. Look for us on there. You'll see messages from all the leaders in the churches, the elders, the trustees, our staff, people that just want to pour into you, give you a little bit of encouragement each and every day. But you need to know that our number one concern all the time is your health and your safety. So as we go through these times, as they uh, quarantine us, as, as the restrictions are coming more and more, 
please don't hesitate to reach out. If the church can help in any way, if you're lacking anything that you need, all the survival stuff, food and water, those kind of things, please reach out to the church. We will do everything we can do to make sure that you have everything you need to, to sustain through this time. So, so please don't hesitate. Our information's out there. Reach out to the church. Send us an email. Call the church phone number. Whatever it may be, we'll get to you uh, and make sure you have what you need. And then if you need prayer, our prayer team uh, will have prayer uh, our prayer information will be up on the screen. It'll have all the numbers up there. Take a picture of that. Keep that on your phone because anytime you need prayer, throughout the week, anytime, just call one of those numbers. We have a, a prayer team, an intercessory team, a team that is standing by to pray for you, uh, to pour into you, to let you know that God loves you, and they just want to do that for you. So all those numbers on the screen, go ahead and take a picture of that. Don't lose that because those, those are important numbers that you can reach out and, and just touch with somebody, reach base and touch base with somebody so that they can pray for you as we go through these times. So that's enough announcements. I want to get into the word, so we're going to pray this morning so you can pray with me at home as I pray here at church. So, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to still come meet in this church, Father God, to still come together as a family, Father, and, and to broadcast this, to push this out, Father God, through the Internet, Father, to, to get it to the people that need to hear it this morning. I thank you for the word, God. I thank you that you put it in my heart, Lord, and let, let it come out of my mouth and land on the ears of those that need to hear it this morning. But let it be you, not me, Father God. Father, we pray for healing right now throughout our land. We pray for healing, Father, for those that are sick, God, either spiritual healing, it could be physical healing, whatever it may be, God, we ask you to touch them because by your stripes we were healed, Father. So, so we ask you to touch them right now. And Father, we pray for a solution, Lord. Father, I ask you to, to download supernaturally wisdom and knowledge for the, for the doctors and, and for the, the scientists, all those people that are trying to come up with a solution for this, Father God. Show them who is mighty and who is powerful, Lord, and just download it in them, Father. Father, we pray for all the hospital staff, Lord, and, and all the emergency responders that are out there that are putting their, their life at risk, trying to help those that, that are away from their families, that are doing everything they can to ensure those that need help are, are, are getting help. So, Father, bring favor upon them. Cover them right now, Father God. Bring favor on their family right now, Lord. We ask you to just bless them. And, Father, we lift up the government right now. Father, all those individuals in leadership positions that have to make the tough calls, Lord. Father, we, we, we just ask you right now to, to Father, just, just invest in them. Father, pour into them right now, Father God. We ask that they seek you first, Lord. Father, that, 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 Lord, they listen for that voice on what's the right thing to do and how to do it, Lord. So, Father, we lift up leadership to you. And, Father, I lift up all the churches and pastors out there, Lord. All those churches right now, as we go through these times, there's churches that could be struggling. There's churches that, that need help, Father. We just ask that you touch them right now, Father God, that, that you continue to, to grow their churches and, 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 and solidify their churches and build a bond in their churches, Father. And all those pastors that are going through these times, Lord, we just lift them up to you. Father, just bless them and be with them, Lord, as we, as we walk through this situation, God. We just give, give you everything, God. We ask you to have your will in everything we do. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. See, I got an amen in here. I got an amen corner. So <laughs> it's so good. I'm telling you what's good about this. Look, I might go a little bit long today. Is that okay with you? All right, perfect. See, this is what I like about having an online audience. Like, I get a yes every time I ask for something. It is so good. But we are in week three of our series called Unlimited, week three of our Unlimited series. And last week, we, we kind of uh, kicked it off talking about faithfulness and being loyal and standing firm and standing on solid ground and not backing down and not giving up ground to the enemy. 
Okay, so if you missed that sermon, you can go online and find it. You can find it on our website. You can find it on the app. You can find it on Facebook. But you don't want to miss that. Go back and watch that. It's, it's, it's a powerful message that some of you might need to hear at this time. But this week, this week we get to, get to go into another type of unlimited. We're going to talk today about unlimited patience, unlimited patience. And, and this unlimited series is actually based on the fruit of the Spirit. So having the fruit in your life, having the fruit on display in your life for others to see, and walking with that fruit growing in you, that's, that's the goal of this is to, to identify all the fruit, kind of talk to you about that and show you how the Holy Spirit cultivates that in your life. So when you give it to God, he, he constantly pours in you, he constantly grows more in it. And that's important because as we walk around as Christians, as, as we're faith followers, as we give it to God, here's the thing, the fruit should be on display for others to see. The fruit should be out there for other people to see in you. So that means that, that you should have the, you know, the love, the joy, the peace, the, the kindness, the gentleness, the goodness. It all should be on display for people to see. And when they see that, what it does is it, it draws people to you and they want to know, what is it that you have? What, why is it that you're so happy? Why, why is it that you can walk through times like these and it doesn't feel like you have pressure on you? It feels like that, that you're in complete control. So it's so important. It's so important that we have these fruit and we display them in our life. So it's also a great discipleship tool. So when I think about as we start to disciple people, what that means is that they want what we have. So now we get to talk to them about church. We get to talk to them about God. We get to kind of pull them in and take them through the next steps for them to get them introduced to our father, the one who pours into us. So it's so important that we get to do that. So our scripture verse for this is a well-known scripture, but it's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. So you should have your Bibles out at home. If not, it'll be on the screen. But it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. See, the good part is, is that God gives us, the Holy Spirit produces those in our lives, so it produces it. In other words, you can't do it on your own, but you got to allow the Holy Spirit in. So when you welcome him into your heart, he starts producing these fruit and, and cultivating the fruit, and he starts putting things in your life that allows you to grow in those areas, which is so powerful because God wants you not to only have one or two. See, that's the thing. It's all of them. You should display all of them in your life. You just It's not like a spiritual gift where you get one or two. This is you get all of them. At once and it's so important and here's what I love about it it says there's no law against it so it's not like when you're driving your car there's a speed limit there's a law about how fast you can go well there's no law against the fruit of the spirit that means you can have an unlimited amount that means you can have as much as you're willing to seek after so the closer you draw to God the closer he draws to you and guess what he starts filling up your heart the Holy Spirit moves and that's it all of a sudden it starts growing in you so you can have an unlimited amount but it all starts with you it all starts to you with you. So right now is probably a good time because of everything going on in society. It's probably a good time to discuss discuss patience. Patience. You got to have patience sometimes. And patience defined is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. So some of you, your Bibles will say long-suffering, okay? But it says the, the, the capability to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry. That's so important that we don't get angry or upset. So it's how we handle these times and, that we're going through right now because it's times like this that we have to have patience in our life. 
not only patience with, with what we're doing, maybe patience with how we deal with people, how we deal with situations, even how we deal with God through these times because we're always being tested in our patience. So what should that fruit look like in your lives? What should it look like in your life, especially when, let's start with, how should that fruit look, the, the, the fruit of patience in your life when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with people? And I think when I, when I think about dealing with people, I think about the person that probably dealt with people the best ever, and that's Jesus. Jesus was a great example of how to have patience when dealing with people. So I'm going to go all the way back. Um, into Isaiah. So when you have your Bibles, this is going to be, uh, we're going to go back. I'm going to probably stay in this for a little bit. It's a, it's a large verse, a uh, large bit of scripture, but we're going to go back to where Isaiah is prophesying about the Messiah, the, the one who is going to come. So we're going to go to Isaiah 53, 1 through 9. Isaiah 53, 1 through 9. So when you get there, just nod. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got it. You're there. So, so here we go in 53, 1 through 9. It says, Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. I love that right there, like a root in dry ground. It doesn't matter how dry of a season you're in right now. The Holy Spirit can move in your life. You can grow. You, you can, guess what? You can blossom. You can bloom no matter how dry it is. Because we have the Holy Spirit and God can do all things. Picking back up, it says, like a root in dry ground, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with, deep, with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet, yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was never oppressed or and treated harshly, or he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. So even though he was treated harshly, he never said a word. He was patient. He was, he was, he was not welcoming it, but he was like, I'm willing to deal with it. Because I, I, I understand who my father is and what my father's going to do. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Knowing everything that was going to happen, he chose not to say a word. Picking it up in verse 8, it said, Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. He was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. How powerful is that scripture as it de describes Jesus and, and what he was brought here on this earth to do, that, that he had done no wrong, but under persecution, under, under the beatings, under everything he took for us, he still chose patience, understanding that God was ultimately in charge 
of everything, that God spoke a word, that, that this was going to come true. So I love this because this is just a prophecy. This is just them saying, this is who to come. So when Jesus is actually there and he's walking this out, he understands where it came from. He understands that, that his father knew everything about him, just like he knows everything about you. Just like, just like he knows every step that you're going to take. He knows everything he's planned in your life. And sometimes we have to trust him with that. We have to be patient enough to trust that our father has our back. And here he was, he had the strength and knew he had the strength of the father and could walk away from it, but he chose not to. Never saying a word, just being patient, just having patience in his life, knowing what his mission was. And when we pick it up in the New Testament, when, when Jesus is here, if we go to Matthew 27, 12 through 14, this is where it all plays out. And I'm just going to capture a little bit of it. But in Matthew 27, 12 through 14, it says, but when the, le when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all the charges they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. See, he didn't respond to any of the charges. Why? Why? Because of his patience, because of that fruit. He is the fruit. That's, that's how he was setting an example for everybody to know that's how you should act, that's how we should be. He could have fought back. He could have talked his way out like most of us would do if we were ever in a situation where we knew it could be our life. We're going to try to find something to say. We're going to try to talk our way out of something. But he knew the promise of the near future. And I love what he did in John 8, 6 through 8. If you turn to John 8, 6 through 8. Once again, he displays his patience says they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his fingers. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. See, I love this verse because this is where they bring the lady that committed adultery, and they said, You know what, let's, let's get Jesus in a bind because the law says we should stone her. So they bring him to him. And Jesus had another option. Jesus knew everything they did. He could have gossiped about him. He could have thrown it in his face. He could have been angry with them. He could have called them out in front of everybody. But he chose not. He chose to be patient. He chose to write it in the sand. And as he did, they all understood. They all got the picture. They knew what he was talking about. So patience allows us to be strengthened and blessed by God. And that's what it was. He, he had the patience to write it down, and they understood the strength he carried with him, the power he carried with him to, to know what's happened in their past, to understand it. So not only will God bless you, God's going God's gonna to use you in mighty ways. So now we're talking about how he deals with, with people. So how do you deal with people? Now that we know how Jesus deals with people, how do you deal with people? And when I'm talking about people, I'm talking about how, how do you deal with people that are driving? Let's just go there. Those people that, that, that drive really slow or they, they're in the wrong lane or maybe they're hard breakers. Or, or how do you deal with that? So what kind of patience do you have with those individuals? How do you deal with people in customer service? Those people that can never have an answer. Those people that seem like, seem like the answer is always no or I can't help you. 
How are you when it deals with patience? How are you when it deals with those individuals? How is your patience on display for others to see? Or even about how about when you're discipling somebody, when you're pouring into somebody, when you're, when you're spending everything you have on them, when you're, when, when you're pouring into them, but you just don't see them moving fast enough. You don't see them doing what they're supposed to do. How are you when you're discipling people? Are you patient with that? Are you walking them through it? Or are you getting angry and frustrated? And how about relationships? How patient are you in your relationships when it comes to dating? What are, you, what are you pushing on somebody while you're dating them to hurry up? Or, or what is it? Because here's the thing. If you rush into something, if you rush into something, but you don't take the precautionary measures, you don't, you don't get the counseling, you don't, you don't walk it through the steps, what happens is you end up in a place where you're frustrated, where you're angry. Why? Because, because you didn't take the time. You didn't have the patience to wait. Didn't have the patience to wait. And how about when you're married and now you're married and with your spouse? How is it with your spouse? Are, are you angry all the time and upset at your spouse? Right? Or are you patient with your spouse? Especially in times now, like, like when, when people are maybe back home and not at work and you're spending a whole lot more time together. How are you with your spouse? Are you still displaying the fruit, the patience for others to see, for your kids to see, for your spouse to see? And how are you with your kids? Because this is one of those times when your kids are at home. You, you have them all the time. They're out of school. They're on like a four-month break. So, so now they're home. Even though they're going to school, how are you with them? How are you helping them? Are you being patient with your children? Are you, are you setting an example for them to follow at home? So as we spend more time with our kids and our spouses, uh, even even being patient when you're away from your job. There's there's a lot of people that, that we love what we do, and now that you can't do it, are you patient in that? Or are you are you frustrated all the time and angry? It's so imperative that we remain patient in everything that we do because it's very easy to be impatient. It's very easy to allow the enemy come in to come in and, and let the flesh take over. It's so easy to, and here's the thing, it's so easy that when you're impatient to break the rules. See, when you're impatient, you try to find shortcuts. When you're impatient, you, you find any way to do it. It's kind of like driving behind that slow truck and there's no passing lane, but you're going to whip around the truck and break the law just to get in front of the truck, putting everybody at risk. Because it's dangerous when you're not patient. And when you're impatient, it's so easy to hurt people and damage relationships because you're impatient. So if, if patience is the fruit of the spirit, then impatience is the fruit of the flesh. So we have to be very careful of, of what fruit we're growing in our life, what we're allowing for other people to see. So here's the thing. The, the key with patience, though, is what? Trusting in God, in his word, and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to continue to work in you. To continue to grow the fruit inside of you. Hmm. Continue to trust him that everything that, that he said will come true will come true. So you can't rush it. That's the key. You can't go any harder. Okay? You can't force it. The fruit needs to be grown by the Holy Spirit. And the more time you spend with God, the more time he draws closer to your heart and the more the Holy Spirit moves and he's going to make it happen. 
Let, let the Holy Spirit be the fuel for your engine. Let the Holy Spirit be the gas in your vehicle. Let the Holy Spirit be the, the drive in what you're doing. Now, dealing with people is just one way. Um, but here's the thing. People will eventually leave. The people that you're dealing with will eventually leave or go away. But how's your patience when you're dealing with situations in life? In situations, and that's our next point. How do you? How is your patience when you're dealing with the situations that you get put into or you put yourself into? And the best way I can explain this for any of those hunters out there, I love deer hunting. I love it. I, I love going out in the woods. I love sitting there. Um, I love the fact that I get to hunt. But it's eight hours. I could sit in the woods for eight hours and not even see a single deer. And my wife. Um, she constantly asks me. She just doesn't understand. She goes, how can you actually go in the woods, sit there eight hours, and come back with nothing and see nothing and still, like, enjoy doing something like that? But here's the thing. I'm practicing patience, baby. That's what I'm doing. That's my excuse. I'm, I'm practicing patience. But here's the thing. When you're in the woods, there's peace and there's quiet. And as you're patient, even when a deer comes, you've got to make sure that's the kind of deer you want to shoot. Because here's what I love about it. Sometimes if, if, a, if a younger buck comes by, you let that buck go, and what happens is a bigger one comes. So in other words, are you going to jump at the first thing the enemy throws at you, or are you going to wait for what God's promised you? Because that's what it boils down to. Don't, don't get so impatient you miss the blessing of God. Be patient enough to, to allow God to move in your life, to allow God to line everything, to allow God to do what he's supposed to do. See, God wants you to wait and not, not take the bait. See, that's the deal. God wants you to wait and not take the bait. So throughout the Bibles, throughout the Bible, you're going to see all, all kinds of stories and situations of people that have gone through situations in their life. And it's all through the Bible. Okay, there's tough situations. There's, there's stuff that required a lot of faith and a lot of patience. And here's what I love about it. When you go to Romans 12, 12, Romans 12, 12, I love what the Bible says. It says, rejoice in our confident hope period so we're going to rejoice in our hope our confident hope that our lord is ultimately in charge he is our savior and then it says be patient in trouble and keep on praying be patient in trouble and keep on praying so so when we deal with these trials in our lives these situations sometimes the situations we get ourselves into we need to be patient in trouble and that's so real because I can remember back, you know, when I, when I had, you know, did stupid stuff in my life. And when I put myself in situations that, that weren't good, and I remember that feeling. I remember the, how the enemy jumps on that real quick. The enemy is right there to attack. And he says, you know what? Look, all I could think of was bad thoughts in my mind and, and all the stuff about how I can get out of it, how I can deceive people, how I can lie. Sometimes how can I take my life? How can I get out of this? And that's, that's what it's like when, when you get into trouble. But the Bible says be patient in trouble. Why? Because we're going to rejoice in our hope that we serve a powerful God that loves you and will love you through it. It says be patient and pray to God for help. So when you find yourself in those times, even if you did it, it's okay because God is just reaching his hand out. And he's telling you, I love you. I, I, I want more of you. I want to help you. That's all God's doing. And all you have to do is call out to him and pray to him. Well, I love what James 5 10 says, James 5 10. 
It says, for, for examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. So I'm telling you, Job went through a tremendous amount of trials and situations in his life, and he did nothing wrong. The enemy wanted to, wanted to, to, to actually challenge him. The enemy wanted to prove a point, and God said, I'll let you prove a point, but, but do it to Job. And he said, just don't kill him. So how is it when you feel like you've done nothing wrong, but you're still being persecuted by people? People are still coming at you at all angles. See, he did it. The enemy was allowed to do it, and because of that, he was allowed to test Job's faith. And in the end, because he was faithful, he was patient. Job knew the word. Because of that, at the end, God was kind to him. So are you willing to be patient with all your situations in your life? With everything that happens, are you willing to give it to God and seek God and be patient in what God has for you? Put it in perspective. Are, are you, are you going to be patient with promotion? When, when you do everything you think is right, when you're doing more than other people, and they still get promoted over you, can you be patient in that? Can you allow God to work in that moment? Or how about with your finances? See, this is a big one. Can you be patient with your finances? You know how things just don't add up where more goes out than comes in? Can you be patient with that? Are you willing to be patient and establish boundaries so, the, so, so, that, so that you have a budget set up so you don't overspend? Because here's the thing. People are addicted to credit cards. People are addicted to debt because they're not patient. In fact, I've got some stats for you. It says here, I, I got this online. I, I'll quote it later for you. But uh, more than 189 million Americans have credit cards. The average credit card holder has at least four cards. On average, each household with a credit card carries almost $8,400 in credit card debt. The total U.S. consumer debt is at $13.86 trillion. Now, that includes mortgages, auto loans, credit cards, student loans. Think about that. All the stuff that you don't have money for, so you borrow money because you're not patient enough to wait for it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, that credit cards are bad. When credit cards are used for the good, the way you're supposed to use them, they can be phenomenal. They can raise your credit score. You can get rewards and all kinds of stuff. So I'm not saying that. I'm talking about those people that live day to day on their credit card, where, where they, they pay off the balance just so they can spend more. See, 68% of people use credit cards for everyday needs. So what that tells me is that we lack patience. What that tells me is that we have to redefine needs and wants in our lives. Because we don't have the patience to wait to get something. We want it now. We want it immediately. How are you during medical situations when you're diagnosed with, with an illness or a sickness? Do you give it to God? Are you patient, understanding that your God has complete control? Or do you worry about it? Do you, do, you, do you seek everything but God? Do you try everything but what God's willing to offer? 
Or how about with quarantine? Hmm. As we're locked down in our house, are we being patient? Are you going to be focused on what you can't do? Or are you going to be focused on, on who you should be giving your life to and what you should be giving to your life, life to in the place you're at? So you can either be focused on what you're missing or focus on what you're gaining. So God says be patient in where you're at. Because patience helps you grow. Because this is it. When you have patience, God's going to, to put people, situations, and delays in your life. And that's going to give the Holy Spirit plenty of opportunities to come on in and produce that patience. You know, I was praying um, this last week. I spent a lot of time in prayer thinking about a message and, and how to share a message. And I didn't want to gear it towards what we're going through, but I wanted the Holy Spirit to just move in that. And as I was praying about patience and what to talk about, you know, I believe God has a sense of humor. So he showed up and um, I believe it was Friday evening. Um, I think it was Friday evening. Uh, Preston showed up or Preston uh, is at our house and, and we went out and we searched for firewood uh, because we have a bonfire and I have a, I have a large enough property to find tons of wood. So we went searching for that. As we gathered wood, we got back to the house to unload it and we heard this, this all high-pitched yelp in this little squealing. So we chased down the yelp and we went up to an abandoned trailer that's at the edge of our property and there underneath it was this little puppy. It was this old. I don't know what that is. It was like that old, um, a little tiny puppy that was living in the insulation underneath the trailer. And I thought, man, this is so awesome. So, so, so let's, let's capture this thing. <laughs> and we rescued it and we brought it home. And I thought, man, this thing is so cool. It's this little tiny puppy and it needed food and we fed it and, and gave it all the little essentials you do for puppies, like, like a new bowl and a collar and toys and a bed, everything that you can buy at a store for a new little dog. Granted, we have a lot of animals, so uh, we're used to that. And here's what I love about this is that, that I'm praying about a good word, and God says, okay, you want something for patience? Let me give you something. Because Jules has more patience than I do. So I think this was a great lesson for her. <laughs> but when we pray about patience, he sends us an opportunity for patience. And sometimes it looks cute and adorable and loving, but then it can turn into a burden or a task if you're not careful. So this little puppy that, that we have now yelps at night and, and, and it's only been a couple nights. So, so she stays up with it or she's been, she slept downstairs the first night and Cassie's staying up with it. And this thing has to pee every five seconds. And, and I'm telling you all the stuff that I forgot about because we have two older dogs, um, the patience that comes with that. So we, we got to be careful about what we ask for. But here's the thing. God gave me a great word about that because you know what he showed me? He showed me this. He goes, this is how it is either when I put people in your life or, or guess what? When, when, when someone new that comes to the church and they never heard a message and now they, now they, they kind of hear the word and they want to get plugged in. So guess what happens? Just like this little puppy. That puppy was used to eating bugs and, and doing whatever he wanted to. So sometimes you get a hold of these new people or anybody in your life that, that's trying to make a shift. And you have to show them and you have to train them and you have to coach them. And guess what? It, it, it can be daunting sometimes. Sometimes it, it can take a lot of energy. It can make you tired. Okay, but you have to have a lot of patience when you're trying to train somebody to get away from what they used to do into something they're supposed to do. 
So he showed me that and said, look, I need you to have patience. So are we being patient and taking advantage of the time that God gives us here with the people God gives us and with the pets God gives us? Are we just doing things to get them done like it's a burden or a task? So where are you at in your life? Where are you at with your kids? Where are you at with your spouse? Are they burdens? Or are you spending time with them to love on them and care on them? Are you spending quality time with them? See, the problem is, is in society, society has trained us to be impatient, impatient. They trained us that way, okay? And, and, and here's the thing. They've trained us so bad that we get frustrated if there's a delay in anything. Think about fast food, right? The name of it alone, fast food. So we expect things fast. If we have to wait a couple minutes in our car, we get frustrated. We get impatient. All of a sudden, I'm never coming back here. That was the worst person ever. They, you know, they didn't say, you know, they didn't say my pleasure when they handed me the food. We, we get so, you know, society trains us to be impatient. You know, I can remember back when Domino's tried to do that. And Domino's said, you know what, get a pizza, order a pizza online. We'll deliver it to your house within 30 minutes. They started it. That's where it all started. So after 30 minutes, you're waiting at your door. And you're like, if you're one minute late, I get a free pizza because that was the rule. One minute late. So, so you're impatient. You're waiting on the clock. And then here it comes one minute afterwards. And not only do you get a free pizza, you give the driver a hard time. So now the driver's thinking, oh, no, now I've got to be impatient when it comes to driving. So I'm going to have to speed or I'm going to have to cut corners. And all of a sudden there's accidents and there's speeding tickets and there's issues. So they took it away, but it caused people to be impatient. Think about your internet speed. Every time there's a new internet speed that somebody else has, all of a sudden you're impatient because yours isn't as fast as theirs, or your download speed's not as fast as theirs, or your upload speed. We do not like to wait on anything, and society created that, and, and we allow it to happen in our lives. I think about theme parks you ever been to a theme park you pay a ton of money to go and it's hot and you wait around sometimes 60 to 90 minutes to ride on one ride 60 to 90 minutes now you can also buy this fast pass thing and spend all kinds of money so that you can go to the front of the line but even in the front of the line there's a line so so it doesn't matter how much you spend you've got to be patient in what we do so how are you preparing every day so that when you leave your house, when you walk out into the world, when you, even when, before you even say hello or goodbye to your kids, are you preparing yourself to be patient that day? Are you spending time with God? Are you spending time in the Word? Are you praying that, that Lord, I just need you in my life today. I want to cultivate the fruit inside of me. Are you giving the Holy Spirit the room to cultivate the fruit inside of you? And see, these are all great examples of patience. But that's not the one I'm worried about because the one that drives me and gets me the most, I guess, are those times when, when I believe there's a, there's a divine delay, like, like God is delaying something in my life. So how is our patience when we're dealing with God? When God tells you something or shows you something and, and, and he, he's tugging you in a direction and you do everything that you're supposed to do, you give it all to God, and you're saying, God, I'm doing everything, but I see no results. How are your patience? When you're dealing with God. 
So how are you with godly delays? Stuff, because here's the thing. I believe God can delay things in your life because of a couple reasons. One, guess what? The world's not ready for it. Because God will put stuff in your life that's, that's a vision for a future. And if nobody's ready to receive it, he's not going to let you do it. He's not going to set you up for failure. But I believe the second thing is that you're not ready for it. You haven't done your part. God, God, God spoke it to you, but if you don't do your part, guess what? It's not going to come true. It's not going to come true. Or maybe the situation's not ready for it. So, so maybe, maybe you know, here's, how, here's what I believe in our lives. There, there's a timeline, and I believe God, God does this, and he already knows what's supposed to happen in our lives. So when we pray for things, he says, you know what? I can align that. I can make that happen. But he has to start moving the dots, and he has to start moving people into place, and he has to put people in your life, and things have to line up, and they have to obey him. So all this stuff has to obey, and guess what happens? It takes a while sometimes to get everything in line so that when you move, the blessings come. But we have to be patient through that. We have to be patient in trusting God and what he's trying to do in our lives. So I have a small equation for that, and it's actually really simple. It's faith plus patience equals blessings plus promises. So, so you have to have faith in what God told you and patience, so it's God's timing if you want God's blessings and God's promises. So you can't have faith and then try to come up with a plan, and you can't have faith and try to work harder for it, and you can't have faith in a gift, okay? It has to be faith in God, God's timing, and then when, it, when all that aligns, then you'll see the blessings and you'll see God's promises in your life. And if you, that's an equation because if you move anything around, it doesn't work. You can't say, God, here it is. Okay, I get it. You said I could have this. I have faith that I can have this and go try to get it yourself. It's God's timing. It won't work. So I love, I love the story about, of Saul becoming king in the Bible. I love that story. I love that story about Paul. Uh, so if I go, uh, this is the story about Paul or Saul becoming king in the Bible. So Samuel, uh, this is in the book of Samuel, but, but here I want to kind of let you in. Samuel's a prophet, okay? He's a prophet, and what he's talking, and he's talking, he's a prophet, and he speaks to the Israelites all the time. And, and here's what happens is he's been leading them and doing things for the Israelites. He speaks to God all the time. God works through him, right? And, and the Israelites decide they no longer want to follow him. They no longer want to follow a prophet, okay? So what they want is they want a king because everybody else has a king now. So they say, you know what, and his brothers, if you look at Samuel's kids, they weren't ready, they weren't prepared to lead the same way Samuel led. So they said, if, if your kids are going to be the ones in charge, we don't want that. So they said, what we want is what everybody else has. They all have kings. So Samuel warns them, he warns them um, of what that's going to bring when they, get a, when they get a king, how things are going to change when they get a king. So he warns them, but they don't care. They don't care. So, so Samuel goes and prays to God, and God says, okay, that's fine. They want a king. Let's give them a king. And, and God shows him a vision of, of Saul and says, hey, Saul's going to be your next king. So he brings them together. And Samuel tells Saul he's going to be king. 
And then he gives him instructions, like a prophecy. So he prophesies over him and says, this is, is what you need to do as king. So we're going to pick that up. That was kind of the backstory to it. Let's pick it up in 1 Samuel 10, 5 through 8. 1 Samuel 10, 5 through 8. It says, after that, you will go to Gebeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps playing, being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Man, how powerful is that right there? If someone's speaking that over my life, and I know that as I'm walking, all of a sudden there's going to be prophets coming. And guess what? The Holy Spirit's just going to come and flood over me, and all of a sudden I'm going to be prophesying. And then guess what happens? Is you'll be changed into a different person. Whew, that's kind of exciting to think that something like that could happen. Then I'll pick it back up in 7. It says, once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hands find to do, for God is with you. He says, so once you do that, once you see those signs, once those wonders and miracles happen, he says, do whatever your hand finds you to do. But then it keeps going. It says, go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are going to do. He says, you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you're going to do. So I love this because it goes back. He says they're going to start prophesying. He gives them all this stuff and says all these wonderful things are going to happen in your life. And, and you're going to be a changed person and you get to go do whatever you want. But then I want you to go down to this city. And when you're in that city, wait seven days. And at that seven-day point, I'm going to come down. And then we're going to do what? We're going to send up a burnt offering and a fellowship offering to God. That's what he tells them. So Saul go, goes and does his things, right? I'm going to pick it up in 1 Samuel 13, 5 through 14. 1 Samuel 13, 5 through 14. It says, The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth Haven. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. But Saul, Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went down to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. And Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at, at at Michmash, I, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Hmm. 
So with everything going crazy in his life, fear and anxiety came over him, and he felt compelled to offer a burnt offering. In verse 13, it goes on, and it says, You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God that the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So because Saul failed to do what God told him to do because he lacked patience. He was so concerned about the surroundings. He was so concerned about his people and what they thought. He was so concerned about the armies coming down and the fear that he had in him that he cut corners, that he allowed impatience to take over. And because of that, he lost reign. Because of that, he lost the kingdom. Now he's still, here's the thing, he still reigned for 15 years, but he reigned without the favor of God over him. He reigned without the ultimate blessings that they could have been if he would have just followed the word and listened to God and had patience and trusted that God said it would happen. So if God said it would happen, it will be. But that takes patience to say, Lord, I trust you no matter, no matter how bad it is, no matter how, how bad I feel like the walls are crashing in and the world's against me, I've got to trust in you. I've got to put all my hope in you. And that's tough. Having patience in those times is really tough because I'm a guy that goes 100 miles an hour. Man, I'm about getting things done. I want things done, and when, when God tells me to do something, I want to do it. So, so I've learned real quick over the last year uh, how you have to be patient and have patience in times where you have to be patient when, when God is telling you to do something, but it doesn't look like things are lining up. When it doesn't look like things are taking off, when it doesn't look like the blessings are going to come true, you have to have patience and faith that God said it's going to come true, so it will. Say, so have you ever been there? <laughs> have you ever been there where you felt like the world's crashing around you, like it's falling apart, like you're surrounded, and God's telling you to hold on? And he said, just hold the line, stand firm. Don't give the enemy any, any inch but you feel the pressure, but you feel it. Have you ever been there? And do you have the patience to have the faith, the trust in your Lord God with everything? Because I tell you what, it's easier to take a shortcut. It's easier to find your own way. It's easier in your mind to take God out of it and say, but I can do this on my own. But here's the thing. God sometimes wants you to go the long way because it's in the journey that you're going to grow the wisdom and you're going to grow in patience and that God's going to show up in a mighty, mighty way. But you, to do that, you got to have faith and you got to lean in on him. See, patience doesn't mean procrastination. See, patience means that, that I have to have faith and not get angry or upset but I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm not going to step aside. I'm not going to not do anything. You still do your part. You still continue to do what God asks you to do. But while you're doing it, you have patience and trust that God's going to show up. There's some really good examples in the Bible. I love what it says about Abraham. 
You know, Abraham waited 25 years to have a son after God told him he was going to have one. 25 years. Hebrews 6, 12 through 13. Hebrews 6, 12 through 13. says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherited what has been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what he was promised. It says, do not become lazy. Don't become lazy in what you're doing. Trust in God that you're going to receive the blessings and the promises that he, that, that he told you. Look at Noah. It took Noah anywhere from 70 to 120 years to build the ark. Could you imagine what he went through as people watched him build this ark? Or how about David? You know, David was anointed king when he was about 10 to 15 years old. But he couldn't take the throne. He couldn't reign over the kingdom until he was 30. He even had... He had at least two times that he had an opportunity to kill King Saul. And if he would have killed King Saul, he would have taken the kingdom. But he didn't. He had patience because he knows the Lord puts in authority. The Lord puts things in alignment. And when you trust in God and when you trust in what God told you to do, he will follow through with his word. So King David had patience. And how about Jesus? There's a good one. Let's talk about Jesus, his patience. He, he was born God. <laughs> I mean, he's the son of God. Could you imagine what that's like growing up, knowing? He was all-knowing. So, so he knew who he was, but he still had patience not to activate it. It says that, 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 believe it or not, until he was 30 years old, he didn't even enter into public ministry. So that means that, that throughout his childhood, throughout his teenage times, he knew he could do pretty much anything. I don't know if I could handle that because if somebody bullied me, if somebody said something, I would probably do something to him. But that's patience. That's Jesus. He had the patience to, to, to walk through life knowing that, that he was going to face persecution and that people were going to say things and do things to him. But he was going to make it through it because he understood what God promised him. He knew where it was going. So in those times, what did they do? In those times in between, in those times of patience, what did they do? They sought after God. They prayed. And they, 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 they got into the presence of God and worshipped him. And they allowed God to move in their lives. They didn't sit idle. They didn't stop doing what they were doing before. They increased. They increased how much they did those things. See, because here's the thing. They had to do that and then give the rest to God. But it was God's what? Divine delay. It was God's divine delay that stopped it from happening. And sometimes I think it's like this. As, as we wait on God to come through with what we prayed for, God's waiting on us to follow through with our last assignment. He says, last time you prayed for something, I gave you a word. You still hadn't done it. So here we are praying to God. We're saying, God, give me more. Give me more. And God's saying, you didn't do anything with what I gave you before. Divine delay. I think sometimes God's just waiting on you to finish what you, what you asked for him to do in the first place, in the word that he gave you. So we need to be patient in God. 
need to be patient. See, patience is an indicator of how the Holy Spirit is moving in your life. So when you walk around with the fruit, with, with the patience on display for other people, they can see that the Holy Spirit is moving in your life. And when you lack patience, it shows what? That the flesh is ruling over your life. So with the kingdom mindset, we have to constantly focus on kingdom mindedness. We've got to constantly focus on, on displaying the right fruit. Because here's the thing, there's so many things God wants to do in your life. There's so many things, so, so many things that he's already lined up, so many people that he's put in your path, so many dreams he's put in your path, so many opportunities he's put in your path. And you can't circumvent them. You can't take actions against them. You can't microwave them and get a, get, get a better result. You just have to be patient and wait on God to move. You have to be willing to go through the process to get to the promise. You have to go through the process to get to the promise. There's just some things you have to go through in life that makes you better and stronger and smarter. See, some people want the benefits without the trials. Some people want the retirement without the investment. (laughs) People want the harvest without sowing. People want the marriage without the work. Some people want a relationship with God without spending time with God. And we need to fix that. You want to change. You want a change in blessings without a change in your behavior or a change in your heart. So don't settle in life because you don't have the patience to wait. Don't settle on what you think could be best when God says, I know what's best. And if you just have the patience to wait on me and trust in me, I'm going to show you something that's going to be so powerful and so glorious if you just have the patience and wait. So faithfulness and patience go hand in hand. You got to remember, you do nothing on your own. Nothing on your own. It's all through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cultivates it. The Holy Spirit produces it in your life. So when we look at our lives, are we in God's will? Are we doing what God wants us to do in our lives? Are we pursuing something that God put on our hearts? Are we finding ourselves tired or stressed out or being impatient with the results we're getting? See, we live in a fast-paced world, and sometimes we need to slow down and have patience and trust on the Lord. So the display of that fruit of the Spirit, specifically patience, can be just that. It can be a true test of what God is and who he is and what he's trying to do inside of you and that display of who you are. You can come up, Moe. We're going to finish up. So for some people, you might have been out there and, and trying to start a new career or taking steps of faith and, and opening your own business. And, and, and right now you need patience because you want to see your business flourish. You want to see great things happen. But unfortunately, right now in, in this time, in this time of the quarantine, businesses are shutting down and people are being let go and schools are closing and life is happening and bills still need to get paid. But here's the thing. You have to have the strength and the patience to stand and give it to our almighty God and let him run and let him rule. And don't be intimidated by what's going on in the world. Some of you are distanced from family members and you can't see them. 
Some of you have family members in the house and you don't want to see them. So there's time for a hardship. There's time for a, a change in what's going on. There's time to have patience and, and to start inducing patience into your life and let the Holy Spirit move. You need to lean on him more than ever right now. So there are those that need to be patient when dealing with people in general, including your spouse and your kids. There are those out there that need to be more patient and with all the situations that we find ourselves in. And there's some that need to be patient when dealing with God and waiting on his promises and his blessings. So this morning, I want to pray with you all because I just know the good part is, here's the good part. The good part is that how to get patience is to surrender to God. How to get patience is to allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. And, 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 and just take advantage of those moments that, that, that the Holy Spirit puts in your presence. That, that God says you have to go through these things, so have patience. So it's right there. We serve a powerful and amazing God. Amen? I got a lot of amens that time. Everybody's ready to go. So with every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, even back in your home, wherever you're at, I don't, I don't know where it's at. I don't know where you're at, or you might be at a watch party. You might be uh, sitting with your family at home. You might be by yourself in your bedroom, in your car. I don't know where you're watching from, but every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray for those people that, that, that are going through situations, and, and it feels heavy. It feels like a burden. But you know, God has already given you the promise. God has already said there's bigger and better things out there. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you have endurance through your trials, that, that you, you can make it through. You know, I want to pray for those that, 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 that need more patience to be around people, not only your family type people, but have patience with customer service and, and, and other people. Anybody you run into, the, uh, especially through, through these times when people are telling us what we can or can't do, we need to have patience. And I want to pray for those that, that need patience with God's promises. Those that, that are seeking God and have been waiting and praying for breakthroughs. I want to pray for you this morning that you would have, that you would get that, that breakthrough, that you would have that patience in your life. So wherever you're at, I know that just open up your heart right now. Surrender to God right now. Just You can raise your hand. You can just let God know right now that you need that in your life. So, Father, we just love you, Lord. We thank you, God. And, Father, we just, oh, man, we just thank you for another day. We thank you for the breath in our lungs, Lord. We thank you that we get to do this, that we can still come together and worship you and honor you and hear your word this morning, Father God. And, Father, you see the hearts, you see the hands that are out there, Father God. You, you know what's going on in their lives, Lord. So, Father, we just pray for endurance right now. We pray for that patience to make it through all the trials, Lord, whatever's going on in their lives, Lord. Give them that, that endurance, the, the perseverance to make it through, Father God. Father, we pray for patience in their relationships with their, their spouses or their kids or relatives or whoever it is, Father God. We ask, Lord, that you just show up mightily in their, in their lives right now. That, Lord, you have that they have the patience to, to make it through the situations that they're in, Lord, be it a financial situation, Lord, a job situation, a promotion situation. Father, whatever it may be that they're in a school situation, Lord, whatever that is, Lord, we ask that you reach down and touch them right now, Father. Father, we just 
We just surrender it all to you, Father. We ask you to have your will and your way in their lives, Father God, as we just, we just wait on you, Lord. Father, we just give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I know there's people listening this morning, and, and man, you're going through it. And you know what that's like. You're dealing with the situations. You struggle with patience. You deal with anger. You deal with, with, with just being upset all the time. But you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with him. You don't understand what it's like to be loved so intensely that, that it's just so mighty and powerful that, that he'll just, just drag you out of anything and rip you out of anything. You don't understand that he loves you so much that, that, that you would, man, it doesn't matter what you do, what you've done. You, you have a God that loves you beyond any of that, beyond anything you've done. So this morning, I want to talk to you, and I want to speak to you for a second, because now's the time. Now's the time, especially in a time of what we're going through in our lives with, with everything happening right now. It's time to surrender to a higher calling, to surrender to somebody who, who wants to lift you up, that, that can bring you peace, that can, that, can, that can bring joy and love in your life. But it all starts with you. So if you're living with fear, anxiety, man, God wants to set you free from that right now. God wants to release you. He wants to break those chains in your life, but you have to surrender to him. So at every head bowed, every eye closed, I know, you know, wherever you're at, this is what the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So all you have to do is is declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And that starts a process. That starts a whole, a whole other thing where God comes in and the Holy Spirit shows up and starts moving in your life. So all you have to do is repeat this after me. So wherever you're at, just repeat after me. Church, repeat after me wherever you are. Say, Jesus, I need you. I've kept you out of my life for too long I can't do it on my own change me come into my life be my savior I know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me today I surrender my life to you in Jesus name amen amen if you said that prayer for the first time Welcome to the family. If it's the first time in a long time, look, thank you for taking that step of faith. And we want to reach out to you. We want to send you information. Please, you know, email us at info at destinychurch.al. Call our, call our phone line. Go ahead and reach out online. Let somebody know that you made that decision today so we can send you some resources. Because it just starts now. There's, there's, there's the next step. There's what's next. And we want to pour into you. We want to we walk you through the next step so we can, we can come along beside you and, and show you the goodness and, and show you what it's like to follow uh, in the footsteps of our Father. So if you need prayer this morning, we will have our prayer information up at the end of service. Make sure you take a picture of that and, uh, so you can call on them for anything you need throughout the week. And here at Destiny, we also believe in a form of worship is our giving. So, so here at Destiny, there are two ways to give. You can give, you know, online. You can give on your app. You can give, you know, in the, um, on our website. You can give on our website. Or you can mail it in. You can send it, you know, 
We call it a snail mail, but now I guess it's fast mail. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, you can now send it, you know, send it through the regular mail. However you want um, to give this morning. I know God's working on your heart. We're going to trust him with everything this morning. We know that, that we serve a, a great and powerful God. And when we have faith in him and we trust in him and he asks us to give, we give. And we know God's going to show up in a mighty, mighty way. But we also say we give with a cheerful heart. Because we're never twisting your arm. We want you to, to understand that, that, that God loves you and God, God's telling you to do what, what he wants you to do. And you just, you know, you got to respond to that. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to pray over our offering this morning. I'm going to um, pray over this upcoming week. And then we're going to, we're going to, uh, you know, kind of let go this morning and kind of uh, get out of here and, and pick it up again next week, uh, pick you up throughout the week, and don't forget to continue to pour into people, continue to reach out to people, continue to be a blessing to others as we go through this time. So let's just give God one last prayer. Let's, let's just pray over offering, and then we'll be dismissed. So, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Father, we thank you again that we can come together and worship you. We thank you, Lord, that, that we have a church that believes in giving, that we have a church that that is all in, Father God, all in to see what it is you want to do in our house and in this church. And, Father, I thank you for those that give that allow us to continue to reach out and reach people. I thank you, Father, for, for those that give to, to continue to spread the word of God that allow us to, to reach people that need help, Father God. I thank you that they're faithful in what they do, that, God, that they continue to give, even if they're not here present in, in the building, Father God, that they're, they're still willing to trust you with everything, Lord. So, Father, I just ask this week that you bless everybody this week, Father God. I ask you, Lord, you just keep us safe, Lord. I ask you to deploy angels and surround us right now, Father God. For those that are sick, Lord, I ask that you, you, you heal them, Father God. We declare healing over their bodies right now, Father. For those that are lonely and have anxiety and fear, Lord, we, just, we declare and we, we, we break every chain of that right now, Father God. Father, we just surrender it all to you. Father, I ask you to bless the gift this morning, bless the giver this morning. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen and amen. Man, we just thank you all for tuning in this morning. We're so excited about what God's doing, and we look forward to, to, to speaking with you again next week. We love you all. God bless.